What up, what up, what up? We back. The Progression Podcast, man. And so it's been a great journey, man. And so I'm not ending this journey, but I'm beginning this journey. And today I got a special guest, man. And so me and this guy, we connected a few uh, months ago, really probably about a year ago. And uh, he's been coming down to Houston and We've been connecting a lot, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted to have him on the show. And so I've been trying to get him, you know, uh, getting with his uh, his agent and everything, his agents and, and his managers trying to get him on the show, you know what I'm saying? So I finally got him on the show. So think about this, man. I want to say thank you to everybody, all the listeners, all the supporters and everybody, man, for the Progression Podcast, man. Uh, I would really love, I would really love y'all to go to the YouTube page, man, and subscribe to our YouTube page, man, because the YouTube page is very, very important. So you see it on the bottom of the ticker. It says, subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Progression Podcast. So, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to air this, you know, next week or something, you know. Uh, we're going to have it real quick because my homeboy is in the building. You know what I'm saying? So understand this. I want to start with my uh, scripture. And in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, uh, I think my wife got on me or somebody got on me about not saying 5 and 17. I always say 2 Corinthians. I'm thinking everybody know this scripture. So think about this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things that come have become brand new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become brand new. Think about this, man. We love you. The Progression Podcast, and that's all we talk about is upliftment. That's what we talk about. So we talk about uh, education, you know, educated from the streets. And then I was elevated in the prison system. I was elevated when I came out the prison system when I gave my life to Christ. So understand this. So I'm going to bring my man in. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put his name up there. And, And, you know, when I got his name... You know, because I always call him Trinity Trey, so I got his name Randolph Butler, you know what I'm saying? And so I say Randolph Butler, you know, but I, I sent him some laughing emojis, you know what I'm saying? So understand this, my man, Randolph Butler, Trinity Trey, is in the building. What's going on with it, Randolph? Randolph, yes, Mortimer. <laughs> Randolph, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm from the Bartholomew. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, it's good to see you, my brother. Man, good to see you also. And you're good underplayed. You. I met you back in 2019, brother. Uh, oh, you wow. came out. To, yeah, you and, and um, y'all came out to Rappers of the Roundtable. I stayed in Houston for okay. a quick second uh, okay. before they denied my probation and sent me back to Oklahoma. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I frequent the rappers of the round table with Trey Nine, you know, yeah, yeah. and I always give a shout out to Eyes on Me Inc. because those are my brothers and those are my people. And you know what's crazy? I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. Okay. I always look at the screen because I'm looking at the person, and I should look at the 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 little dot 
on the camera. You know what I'm saying? That's what I should look at. But I don't care. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And I know I digress. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's not what we're talking about. Miami is on the on the on the verge of of taking it to the Eastern Conference Championship. That's what I'm about right now. But uh, I digress. Okay. Uh I get back to to the real. And speaking of uh, Trey Nine, man, I'm, I'm part of, you know, I graduated just DTS. Uh, oh, disciple, man. Disciple, yeah, Disciple of the Streets. Uh, matter of fact, I'm, I'm over in Ambassador Club. Uh, That's good. Yeah, right now. Because you go Disciple of the Streets, Ambassador Club, then President's Club. So Amen. Yeah, I'm connected to him for life. I remember Disciple of the Streets when it was first starting out. And it was like, uh, we do events. We do events all the time. So how do we uh, disciple those people that come to God, you know, at the events, you know, because sometimes we was just losing them. We was like, they came up and they say, uh, I want to pray the prayer of salvation and all that, you know, but they, we never kept up with them. And, and Trey had a good vision about keeping up with people and Disciple of the Streets is one of the things, man, that he came up with. And I, and I salute him for it. And uh, Trey Nine, that's my homie. You know what I'm saying? That's one of my white friends, you know. <laughs> you got to have at least one. Yeah, that's one of my, but a lot more. I have like five. I got I got a few of them. I don't I know. I have a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? Not five, but I have a lot of them. So what I want to start with you with, Yeah. and this is, you know, this is early life. Right. This is early Trinity Trey, but you really wasn't Trinity Trey. You probably was uh, Boo Boo, you know what I'm saying? Because Boo Boo was somewhere you was little, you know what I'm saying? So what was it like growing up where you're from? And tell us where you're from <laughs> and how it started. Okay, well, dig that. I was born in Oklahoma City. My, my mother was 16 years old. My grandfather was in the Air Force, so she, he just happened to be stationed in Oklahoma City. And uh, three months later, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I was raised in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, man. My teenage mother grew up together. Uh, one of my best friends to this day, that's my mama. That's boy, you better not say nothing about my mama. You know <laughs> and it's, mother, it's finna be Mother's Day, so, you know. Praise, praise Lord. Yeah. She in Tulsa right now, kicking it. Yeah. You know? But no, so it was just just us, and then she had a sister who was a year older than her, so she was seventeen, and she had a uh, son. So my my cousin's two months older than me. We were raised like brothers till we we're about twelve and a half. Different households, but if I was at his house or he was at my house, it was one or the other. And right. uh, yeah, so my mom was a housekeeper most of my life. So she was always working, always gone, cleaning three, four houses a day. You know, just to make sure I had what I needed. And uh, gave me a good lifestyle. You know, uh, uh, I just wanted to run the streets because she gave me so much freedom. She always treated me like mm. I was grown. You know, I mm. gave me a lot of, because I was always, always mature, you know. Yeah, so freedom. Man, and, and I took advantage of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I couldn't do no wrong in her eyes because I'm, <laughs> I'm baby. I'm the only child. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I, I started running the streets at, what, 14, 15, 16, you know, started running with a gang, neighborhood crip. Started doing burglaries at 16, shoplifting before then. And before I knew it, I, w- I was full, full-fledged full in, in the street life, you know? Yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah. So in elementary to middle school, how was your life like uh, growing up 
in middle school to high school. Okay. Elementary school, I, I consider myself, I guess, in, in their state, I was one of the cool kids, but looking back, I was so shy. I wasn't outspoken like I am now. Right. You know, I hadn't really stepped into my, my field. I was still wearing the playmakers. You know how you go to pay less and, and I had yeah, capers, yeah. but they weren't really capers. Or capers, Jordan, yeah, yeah, Jordans, yeah. But they weren't really Jordans. They yeah, were the playmakers. The you know. Stripe, uh, K-Swiss, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, they, they weren't name brand, you know, but, yeah. you know, my mom had me looking decent. I, you know, I went to name brand clothing, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then right. sixth grade year, I got my first pair of like real name brand tennis shoes. They some Adidas. They were actually tennis shoes. Like you play tennis. Yeah. With. Tennis shoes. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, they gave me a little status cause you know, he had Adidas run DMC had Adidas. So it looked like I was kind of, you know, right, right. kind of jazzy with it. So I was still a good kid then graduated from uh, eighth grade, went to high school, played at Booker T. Washington, Tulsa, played football. You know, I was I was a jock. We went undefeated, so I, I thought I was the man. Wasn't, mm. wasn't doing my grades. I thought they was going to pass me because we won every game. I, I played uh, offense, defense, special teams. We, yeah. you know, we, we were the truth. And uh, end of the, the football season, I found out, guess what? Yeah, you might have to get out of here. Booker T. Washington, you got to keep a certain grade point average. I had so many yeah. years, it was ridiculous. So they yeah. kicked me out of there, and I switched high schools and going to Central High School. Believe me, didn't want to go because I, I knew all the homies over there, but I'm right. like, wild over there. I, I'm not trying yeah. to go. Went before I knew it. I'm man, I'm in the mix, you know, and I and I and I'm I'm, I'm it's pulling me in, so I'm loving, right. you know, I'm right. skipping school. I'm you know I'm, I'm working in the office. Doing burglaries during high school, doing grab and goes, right? Grab a pot, grab a whole pack of something, run out. Yeah, we were wild back then, man. You know, and so, so that little transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna tell you that it's it's certain things that happen in certain uh years that we think back and we say, God dog, that day I should have went another way you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know and so that introduced you to another life right right so when that life happened and and I'm gonna get to the gang culture because I really want to get into that but I want to know after that what pushed you to a life of crime like see a lot of people say uh, life of crime is like we was doing crime every day. It wasn't like we was doing crime every day. We was criminals and we did crime, but it wasn't like we woke up every morning and it was a crime every day. You know what I'm saying? So, because if you did a crime every day, you wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? So, what I wanted to know was your mindset, you know, getting out of high school, what did you do out of high school as a grown up now? Okay, so getting I, I, so I graduated high school, senior high school. We lost every every football game. We and then at the end of the year, they give us one. Say there was a forfeit, you know. And long story short, I said, man, I don't even want this no more. So I, I quit playing football. Like lost all hope of going to the NFL. Yeah. And so I go to NEO in Miami, Oklahoma. It's a it's a it's a two year college, but okay. they got a great football team. But I'm I'm through with that. So I start going there. And as I'm in college, still doing miscellaneous crimes, doing credit cards and, and check fraud. And, and, you know, we're going to Missouri, getting it in, um, staying drunk every day. Um, man, just 
just just doing the most. And before I knew it, and, and what it is, it, really it was a rush with me, you know, just getting away with the crime was, gave you like a, a adrenaline rush. Man. And yeah, plus, you know, getting the gold chains and the, and the hair bones and, you know, all that old kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and in my eyes, it's for free, but not realizing I was being lured in by Satan. Right. Yeah. So the thing about it is, like, you went from that. So what I wanted to know was seriously because you had so much freedom right. as a youngster and you did a lot of things and so you felt like I guess you felt kind of like me I ain't have no seatbelt on and I ain't have no it was all green lights and I ain't have nobody telling me no and that's not right and because all my influences was people that was on go too that yeah. was like me you know what I'm saying so in your what when you got put on let me say that now I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go into that when you got put on, how was that being put on? Now, a lot of people don't know what put on. You can explain that, too. Yeah, so when you get put on the set, I mean, some people get jumped into the set. Some, some, sometimes you get initiated. So it could be a crime that's, you know, maybe to put a hit out on somebody or maybe whatever it may be, you know. Right. It, it just kind of it kind of depends on the, the individual. And... You know what it was a lot of people coming down from cali you know bringing mm. something out from oklahoma we in the middle of the map so right. people coming from cali homies coming from cali and you know they had 60 111 90 and all that kind of stuff in tulsa it was 111 then 60 so it was a new gang culture you know colors was out so we seeing it but now it's coming in real life and so when people getting put on the set that means you're getting affiliated with the gang that gives you clout you know, and, and it's new. So the it comes with women, it comes with money, comes with cars, comes with, you know, dope. So you, you getting a hookup from the from the big homies. They, you know, they, they got the pounds and, and the, the kilos and all that kind of stuff. So you start seeing the fast money and the fast lifestyle. So it just starts enticing you and, right. and you want more and more. You know? Right. And so it's crazy that uh, we... Sometimes we we don't have the education to uh, to like resist from that, you know what I'm saying? Because I remember it was drug dealers in my neighborhood, and they would always tell me like, "Hey man, stay in school." Even they would tell me, you know what I'm saying? But no, I want to be like you. I, you know, my first sign of success is is the dude on a cone. It's not the Fortune 500 company owner you know what I'm saying so I don't know about him I know about the dude on the corner you know what I'm saying that's doing some stuff so you got put on the set right, right. so I want to know and, and I'm not Vlad TV don't get me wrong I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to send nothing to the feds or nothing you know what I'm saying all I want to know was because I know you did prison time right right so I'm not going to ask you what you did to get in prison. You know, what I'm going to ask you is what I ask everybody. What? Your first time in there. What was you thinking your first time in prison? Well, I'm, I, I've been twice. So the, the, fir the first time... Was, it was like it was like a vacation because I had money in the bank. You feel me? So 
my mama had power of attorney, so she kept money in my books. I didn't eat in, in the chow hall. You know, I'm, I'm at the, the canteen every time. So it was really like, it was like a vacation. And I was only in there for a year. Kind of crazy to say only, because if they take one day, it's too many. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> my son at, the, at that time was 17. I forgot to tell you, I, I was a single parent, so I was not 19 years old. Had my son, he was four months old, doesn't know his mother. So I, between me and my mother, because she helped out when I'm in the pen, she had him. Plus, when I'm out on the streets, I drop him off all the time and she'd watch him and whatnot. But when I leave, he's 17. Plus, I have a daughter who's a year and two months younger than him, but in a different household. So right. when I leave them, you know, it's a whole different story. So the first time was nothing. So I get out. You know how it is when you get out. I'm going to change my life. You you find a little religion. You're reading Bibles and and you know, you get out, I'm not gonna smoke weed no more, I'm not gonna slang no more weed. I'm not gonna Yeah, do we that. always say we yeah. always get them rules in our yeah. mind, but yeah. you know, yeah. if you ain't gave your life to Jesus Christ, you ain't gonna really have a rule, you know. And that's exactly what it was because as soon as I was off uh probation, was on unsupervised probation, I'm like, Man, they ain't piss testing no more. Okay, boom. So I'm smoking weed again. I'm eventually slang a little dime sacks, eventually moving up to let's drop a little quarter, you know, and, and elevating. I'm drinking all the time. Um, going to church three times a week, brother, and even singing in the choir. Wow. But that didn't make me a Christian because oh, I'm still right, living right. foul. Every time right. I leave, I'm, I'm living like a child of hell. If you go to Matthew 23, it says uh, you made them twice the child of hell that you are, you know. So it, what it come down to is I was still playing playing with the Lord. And then yeah. so I, I take my next trip to the penitentiary because yeah. I, apparently I forgot some stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I go back in and this time it was an eye opener because I, you know, the first the first thing they tried to give me was a uh, 20 to the life. Mm. And, and I'm like, what? My mom, first of all, she tried to give me. She was like, you need to get a lawyer. I said, I'll be all right. Got a public pretender. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he comes with 20, 20 to life. And I talk so much trash to him. I think he was like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even gonna try to work for this dude. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I denied it, and they come back, and I get a ten year sentence, and I'm like, it is what it is. I sign it because I know I'm guilty. I sign it. I do the time. I go back to the cell and tell my mother, and my grandmother just passed away. This is mm -hmm. this is probably January, April, May, somewhere around there of, of 2013. Mm -hmm. um, but my grandmother passed away September of 2012. So I call my mom from the wall phone. And she started bawling. She started crying. She said, I done lost my mama. Now I done lost my son. Mm. And so I'm sitting there trying to, you know, hold back tears because you don't want to look like no punk. But I'm sitting there crying because she crying. And I feel her heart, you know. And plus, she's going to have to watch my son. You know, at this right. time, he's 19. But still, he's, you know, he still needs guidance. So right, right. I, I go back. And it don't really hit me. You know, I, I go back. I got another case waiting. So as soon as I get to the, to the yard, I'm in a medium. As soon as I get to the yard, they send me back on a writ. I, I file for a writ, which for people who don't know is writ when you have another yeah. case going on, you have to right, go right. back and take care of that case. And you need to take care of it as quick as possible because if they give you more time and run it wild, that's the more time you're going to have to do. So right. I go back and they give me eight running wild. So when I finish that 10-year sentence, I got to finish the eight-year sentence. And so I come back to the yard and I tell everybody, and uh, I'm like, man, and it don't really hit me until I talked to my son one day and he, I'm like, bro, why don't you ever write me back? I done wrote you a few times. He said, dad, I can't even read your letters. Every time I start reading, I start crying. And boy, it hit me. I get all, I was, I think I was on a cell phone. I get boom, close the cell phone. I go get in the shower so I can cry. 
in there, they don't know if you're crying or not. This water, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I go yeah. in there because it hits me. I said, man, I ain't going to be home for at least, man, I'm thinking six, seven years, somewhere around there, depend, depend on, you know, if I get in trouble because I'm still locking in with the homies, maybe a crib. Yeah. I, I, you still got to fight. You, you know, I, I, I didn't hit a few shanks for, for homies and bam, yeah. you know, and all that old kind of stuff. So I, I really don't know if I'm going to come home when I need to come home because I'm still making bad decisions. I'm going to the chapel. But I'm still not submitted to the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so that that so in in that go round, I'm still living a lifestyle because once you lock in like that, we got Hoover's on the yard, we got Bloods on the yard, we got the essays on the yard. So if something go down, you got to be part of it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So that's the thing about it. So that was my next thing I wanted to ask about. I wanted to ask about gang culture in prison. So when you like me, I I only encountered encountered gang 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 culture out here, right? You know, in prison when I was in Beaumont, we was like cars. We you know the L.A. car, the Houston car. When we really didn't deal with bloods and cribs and stuff like that. So gang culture in prison. What was it like when you went in there and you? felt the gang culture in prison. Yeah, well, so in Oklahoma, we, you know, we got Crips, we got Bloods, we got essays. so you got, you got Serenos, and so you got different... Yeah, they, got some, they got some Vice Lords and GDs, but that ain't, yeah. that's not predominant here, you know, that's right, Chicago, right. It's up, maybe it's downtown. Like Mid-West mid, uh, or something, yeah. You know, and so, so when you hit the yard, of course, you're going to see some homies, you know, and once y'all locked in, boom, of course, we're going to ride for each other. You know, especially when I'm at the medium, we get into it with the Hoovers, which is crazy. But we all Crips at that time. Lord, I'm a, I'm a child of God now. Yeah. But we, we all Crips, yet different sets. Even, even with Oklahoma City and Tulsa, we're 100 miles apart. But our Crips, our neighborhood Crips in, in, in Tulsa don't get along with the neighborhood Crips in, in, in the city. I mean, right, it, right. it's crazy because we different sets. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. We cool. We'll lock in and all that kind of stuff. But some throw down. I'm going to ride with my, my, my Tulsa guys. You know right. what I'm saying? They're going to ride with their city guys. You know? Um, so we got into a few altercations just, just from being, you know, Hoover and, and neighborhood. Um, Bloods, we, you know, we get into it with them every once in a while. But what's so crazy is the neighborhood Crips and, and the Hoover Crips get into it more than anything. So the the gang culture is, is is pretty live. It's wild because even out here is wild because you know I had to learn firsthand because you know rap a lot us being you know connected with California a lot, and so going down there we didn't realize how much a hat a cap is like gang culture to them. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and then you know if you have an Astros hat on. You know, like golly, yeah, you know yeah. that's in L.A. That's almost I forget. It's, it's I think Hoover. it's Hoover Crip. Yeah, it's, it's Hoover Crip. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they want to know, hey, you, you, you with Hoover Crip? You know, like y'all know I'm from Houston. I'm yeah. from Texas. You know, what I'm saying I'm not begging. You know, and so it's so crazy about the gang culture. But I, you know, to be honest with you, I'm saving on my way to heaven. Praise the Lord. Be with, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I respect the gang culture enough 
to understand now how they think even if that sounds crazy it might sound crazy because some dudes they convinced me like they would say you know I was born I'm talking about my mother I'm talking about from the 70s my mm-hmm. mother is a blood mm. my dad is a blood yeah and I was born into this environment and so it's up to me to convince and persuade them to give their life to Jesus Christ without that. And they've been doing this for so long and it's been embedded in them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's, it's hard because, you know, we talk about um, pimps, right? Mm-hmm. We say pimps, they manipulate the mind yeah. of women, right? Right. The heart is something different. Mm. When it's in your heart, man, it's hard to like shake it, grab that heart. You know, the mind can be manipulated, you know, and they can do it for so long, but the heart, you know, when the heart gets, you know, hardened, like, you know, God said, you know, hardened the heart. And so, it was like a thing when I say I respect the gang culture, even though I'm not, I don't need to feel a, a play a part in none of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like it's foolishness. Mm-hmm. But to them, on their side, I give them empathy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sympathy because I really want them to come out of it. Well, see, you, you got to realize, you know, a lot of people in the gang culture, you didn't have that father figure. A lot of us, period, didn't have that. My, my daddy died before I was born. You know, I had a stepfather who came in maybe when I was 11, 12. I had two different stepfathers, but one that really impacted me, uh, rest in peace, Paul. And, you know, he he was one of my best friends where he wasn't tripping if I had a girl in the, in the house. Hey, that, that made me a man. You know, so a lot of us don't have that kingdom-minded role model. We have that pimp player hustle. Yeah, that's that hustler. freedom. That's that freedom we talk that, about. Exactly. Where where he go out and get it. You know what I'm saying? Go out and get it. You know, by by all means. Um and then my mother, on the other hand, she couldn't believe her baby was out there doing wrong. Paul told me before he passed, he said, I used to tell you about look at all them shoes in his in his closet. Look at all them mm-hmm. all them clothes. The boy don't work but four hours a day, <laughs> if that. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it ain't really work. It ain't really work. Exactly. Yeah. My mom said she couldn't. She couldn't realize. She couldn't accept the fact that I was out there doing. So she said, "I, she, I really in my heart, I knew you was doing it, but I didn't want to accept that you was out there doing it." You know. Mm-hmm. So she, she just kind of made excuses for it. But back to the gang, you, you don't have the role models that you need. You don't have the kingdom-minded role models to guide you and tell you, you know, go out there and preach the gospel. Uh, Fellowship yeah, the you, you got a pastor though. These yeah. dudes are your pastors, yeah. and, and they telling you some wrong stuff. But they your pastors now. You they leading the flock. Exactly. You know, what I'm yeah. Saying? But <laughs> yeah. but they but they're not fellowshipping with you and actually giving you the guidance that you need. Not, not the real. Now right. the, the, the when the homies on the streets is showing you you think it's love, but in all actuality they leading you down straight to hell. You know, but they I, but they yeah. but they giving you the, the they giving you the bag. And go out there and, and get it. And you know what the killing part about the tray is? What's that? They don't even know it. They don't. They thinking they they thinking they doing 
the right thing. Like we, me and my homeboy, we, you know, this off subject, we was talking about, you know, we was, they was talking about Republicans and Democrats and left and right. And so we was like, hey man, we just need to get off of left and right and get back to right and wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know what's right and you know what's wrong. You wasn't born in the uh in the infirmary and your mama was holding you and say, like, Oh man, you're gonna kill four people. You know what I'm saying? She, yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't meant for you to be like that. Yeah, Even yeah. the hardest gangbangers would say, You're gonna be better than me. Thank you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna be better than me. And sometimes those words that were spoken. Mm-hmm. Well, well, got you at where you at right now. Real so, talk. so I gotta ask you a question. Talk to me. Your life changing moment. I don't know if it was in prison mm-hmm. or if it was out of prison, but could you tell me your life changing moment that led you to say, "Man, you know what? I surrender. I give up my will to you." Okay. Right before I went back to the penitentiary, like I said, I was going going to church three times a, a, a week. I was at a prayer closet, walk-in closet, and I'd be in there reading the word. My girlfriend, then wife now, and my son would come into the house, wouldn't even know where I was at because I, I in, in in the closet reading read my Bible. So I was trying to build a relationship, but I had been so brainwashed just by react by the lifestyle and, and the culture that I. I still was doing miscellaneous crimes. I still get drunk with rage, ready to go shoot up some stuff, whatever it may be. So I wanted to, I wanted to go this way and make a change, but my old man kept pulling me back to who I was. Mm-hmm. So I go to the penitentiary, and after you know my son saying, "Dad, I can't read your, your letters and whatnot," and me going in the shower crying, you know, I told the Lord, I, I'm, "I'm gonna start the Lord help me. I'm gonna start to change." But I was still pulling to the, still pulling right. to the left. Still pulling to the left. So I, I go to lower security um, after about a year and maybe eight months in, in medium. I go to the minimum. Oh, you go to the low. You go to the low. I go to the low. You feel me? And I, so I wanted it, to go to the low so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's even wild over there. It's so it drugs are so running rampant and so many ice oh, wow. on meth and you know it, it's wild. So I what I would do is sit in the back of because I was it was an open dorm before I got yeah. you know then I moved somewhere else and got my own room uh well with a few few cellars and whatnot but I had f- like not hold on two four five I had seven eight different cellies at, at that time in the open dorm so I sit wake up every morning four in the morning like I do right now and I'm reading the word so I'm fellowshipping with the Lord praying you know and that's why I started getting that relationship and that fellowship and one of my spiritual mentors Scotty Briggs did 20 some years in the penitentiary straight. He's out now. And he started talking to me. He'd have a, a um, Bible study. He said, man, come on to the, you know, to the Bible study. And I'm like, what time is it? He said, it's seven. I wouldn't go because uh, Empire's on. That's that's how <laughs> that's how I ain't dedicated yet. I'm like, yeah. seven? Woo! <laughs> Not Empire. I, I try to make it, but you know, when you say I try, that means you ain't about yeah, to do it. Yeah. So he, he, he kept eating at me. And he says, uh, hey, man, come out your comfort zone. He said, I see you back there reading the Bible. Come on down to the chapel. And so he he would he would in, in, in invite me on down. Slowly but surely, I started coming to the chapel. Slowly but surely, I started talking to people about the Lord and, and coming more out of my shell. Started doing music down to the chapel. 
And so in 2015, I fully submitted and said, Lord, I keep trying to do it my way. It ain't working. Right. Let me try it your way. And that's right. when he started to just mold me and, and started to take some of that imp imperfection out. You know, I would still kind of kind of lean back and, and, and maybe do the same, some of the same things. Hmm. But then he started talking to me. Holy Spirit said, hey, I thought you I thought you said you submit. So you just don't feel right even no more. Really. And, and, and I'm feeling convicted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I'm not locking in no more because every time I do this, I'm like, man, I, this is my God. This is who I'm serving, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I quit doing that. Some of the homies was cool with it. Some of them was like, what you mean? You from, you from the set. <laughs> and, and mm -hmm. you know, so they started, but then they see how much I love the Lord and how much I'm going down and I'm preaching the word of God and, 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 and I'm, I'm doing this Christian music and I'm always talking about the Lord. I'm always reading the word and I'm always bringing up the Lord. Some of them right. end up giving their life to Christ, you know? Right. So they, so that's they, it. they back that's up. That's their fruit. That's their fruit. Exactly. They'll see you what you're doing. Yeah, that's yeah. how I go. Yeah, yeah so that, that's when I when I really made that change and started to live for the Lord. You no, know, in, in the penitentiary. That's me too. So yeah. you know, that's how I got it. You know, so it's crazy that I think about this time. Right, I was in my uh, bookstore. This when I got out of penitentiary. So I was in my Christian bookstore. And so a guy used to come through and uh, talk to me all the time, right? And so he got a call and he said, man, let me take this call. So he's calling. He, he's on the phone. He said, what? Yeah. Oh, oh, man. That's my, okay. Thank you. And so he said, my son just went to prison. Just went, you know, got convicted. And now he, he was smiling, though. What? You know, he was smiling. Yeah. He say, hey, man, that's where I met the Lord at. And he going to do it, too. Mm. And it messed me up because I was yeah. like, yeah. wow, yeah. you have that much gall yeah. to say that that's going to happen. And you have that. And I think it's going to happen now. I had, I was convinced, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying, that yeah. Jesus Christ would come into his son's life. Because he had Jesus Christ. This man was on a roll, man. Yeah. He was real. You know, I haven't seen him since I closed the store. But, man, it was good talking to that cat. And um, in prison is where, you know, we uh, we found Jesus Christ. Because yeah. we was the one lost, you know. Well, I always say we found him, but... He found us because we was the one really lost, right? But I mean, truth be told, he he chose us before the foundation of the earth was laid. He he lived there a lot of time, so he knew that was going to happen. And just to speak on the guy you were talking about, what it comes down to, it sometimes it takes us bumping our head enough and getting that concussion and and being sat down. That's all it was going to take. For that's all it would take to to get me to act right. You know. They, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but being spiritually immature, I didn't mm. understand it at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I understood it later when he kind of explained it to me like, hey, man, sometimes, this is what he told me. He said, sometimes the world is too loud. Mm. God is trying to speak to you, but you got so many people yeah. and so many things hollering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he needs to sit you down somewhere and you can hear him. Yeah. And that's what the dude was telling me. That's how I was convinced. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I hate to see you with that Dallas Cowboy. Uh, I, you know what? And, and, I, and I and I put it on, especially for you. That's yeah, I, you I know, because I'm an Eagle. You know, I'm Eagles. I, way, believe me, you know? I know this. And and I yeah. started. I had a whole selection of. Them. I said, no, this one I'm because it is so bold. With yeah, it. you know what's the funny thing? I'm going to Miami in the morning, right? I'm right. flying to Miami in the morning, so I got all my jerseys set up. So I got a, a a jersey for Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I got it all set up, right? Yes. And so I'm 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 ready to get out there now. I need to make. I always go to Miami games, uh, but I need to make an Eagles game, and I haven't did it ever. You Man, know, what? I pray to God that I make an Eagles game. You you know the last Dallas Cowboy game I went to is when we whooped on y'all at home. <clears throat> yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. But you know. <laughs> Y'all, y'all look real bad right now. Man, it's Jerry. It, it, it's Jerry, and unfortunately, well, unless see, he sells the team, his, his son will take over, and that's just yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's never selling a team, so it's gonna be worse when his son take over. So yeah. uh, I digress. So that was your life train changing moment, and I, you know, I ain't go to detail about my life changing moment because this is your thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So what I want to know is. What are you doing now? What uh you know you told us about the DCS, uh yeah. Disciple of the Streets, you know what I'm saying? I want to know what are you doing other than uh Disciple of the Streets. Okay, dig that. So I, I come home uh August, I mean April 15th, 2019, right? Uh hit the streets, started recording Christian hip hop. You know, I once I gave my life to Christ. I had a stack of, of, of stuff I've been writing, but mm -hmm. it was still from shooting my bang bang stuff. You feel me? Right, so right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to do that no more. So I yeah. started writing for the Lord when I was in the penitentiary, got out, hit the studios, met a few folks. And, you know, it, it's wonderful how the Lord just lines people up in your life and you have these divine encounters, these divine interventions. And so uh, I start recording music and then I, my wife, she's in Houston while I'm in the penitentiary. So yeah. I get out, I, I really didn't want to move to Houston, but she didn't want to move back to Oklahoma. She's from Oklahoma City. So I, I head to Houston. My probation officer kept messing up the paperwork, kept slow playing. He said, okay, I'll tell you what, go ahead and go, cause your wife's down there. You haven't been approved yet. Go down there, don't rob nobody. He said, what was you in there for? I said, well, kidnapping, robbery, larking every car. He said, like I said, go down there and don't rob nobody. <laughs> Just go I said, man, I done gave my life to Christ. You know, that quit playing. So yeah. I go down there, and I'm headed to, to Houston, and I talk to a guy who does Christian hip-hop in Oklahoma City, Cadence. And I said, man, okay, you, know anybody, you know anybody That's my in, boy. in Houston? Exactly. And I and so he tells me, hey, reach out. to." He was going to give me Trey Nine's number, but he was taking so long. I reached out to Trey on Instagram. Trey sends his number immediately. You know how. Nice heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the love of God is in him. So he sends me his number, and we get connected. He has me do a hip hop hopes, and you know, off in Fifth Ward, and right. so, and then that's when I got to meet you at uh, Rappers of the Roundtable for the four that's months true. I was there until yeah. I had to move back. And so I'm, I'm doing music, recording this, that, and the other, and shooting music videos, and traveling the United States doing music. But one thing, when I was in the penitentiary, I had prayed about is that I could manage some folks and I could get some younger guys because I'm getting I'm getting older. I'm almost 50, you know. And so yeah. I, I wanted to be able to manage some guys, I, some younger guys I can pour into and be a spiritual mentor to. Plus 
my very first day in the county in January 2019, uh, 2013, excuse me, there was a Bible. Long story short, there was a Bible. And it's sitting on my bed, dude going through withdrawals of, of Heron says it's not his, I can have it. I started writing down Habakkuk two and two. I started writing mm. on a tablet what, what my plans were and what I wanted. I put Bless See Another Day. It was gonna be a record label. It's my 501c3 now. God brought it into fruition last year. And so I have a 501c3. I started managing. I think there's I have seven Christian hip hop artists under Bless to See Another Day Ministry. Uh P. Rich, uh Holy Heathen, Robert J. Cooper, uh Pizzo the Messenger, Man of Manoa, Bonley. Um, man, I'm, am I missing somebody? Anyway, so I, I started managing these these guys, uh setting up a tour. Um, so I can take them around the United States so they can ministry. It's it's bigger than music. You know, it's about That's preaching the gospel. It's about winning souls for, for Christ and, and adding to the kingdom so they can they can go out and win souls. Right. So the music that, is the bait. Yeah, the music is the bait. Yeah. And so yeah. you're doing music and you're managing, you got the 5013C. So the name of this thing is called it's simple. But it ain't easy. Yeah. yeah. It's simple, like to get your life to Christ is simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it ain't easy because it's a lot of things you went to to get through to get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple, but it ain't easy. You went through a whole bunch of, you know, foolishness. You know, not you, just me too. I went through a whole bunch of foolishness. Self-inflicted, yeah. <laughs> to get to this point, man. So, man, it was so great having you on the show, man. And so we've been trying to get our schedules right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. finally got you to sit down. You know, I called your agent and, you know, <laughs> he was in New York. And so he was like, hey, man, he going to have time, uh, you know. So thank you for allowing me to have you on the show, man. So, brother, thank uh, you for having me, man. You you've always shown me love since since the first time I reached out to you and said, man, we, just because I respect your ear for music, I said, man, check out this music. If I email it to you, sure. your your favorite favorite tagline is dope. <laughs> <laughs> I always say dope. Or I always text back with. I remember. I think I text back with take those uh those hey, backs off for that. Yeah, take those. <laughs> Yeah, he said, don't overdo your ad because your voice yeah. is too deep. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, you yeah. might want to just, you know, lower that a little bit. But yeah, you're doing yeah. good, man. I, yeah. I, 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 I look at you as one of the unsung heroes of Christian hip-hop, dog. So keep going. Keep spreading the, uh, the gospel. And, uh, hey, man, keep doing your thing, man. Amen. Keep doing your thing. You're and, welcome. uh in uh, Oklahoma, I'm gonna be out there probably. Uh, I think about in two months. Okay, okay. But I'm going yeah. over my aunt's house, and I'm gonna be doing some things. <laughs> you met, you met uh, my wife. You went to my church. Yeah. You came yeah. to my church, and so uh, you know, it's like uh, Oklahoma has a big thing with them because that's where some of their family at, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. we're going to have to get down there. I'm going to get, uh, see my boy Dre Murray, uh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Anthony Flagg, all them, man, you know what I'm saying? Because you know what, Oklahoma, to tell you the truth, I've been to Oklahoma a lot, even mm -hmm. in the Christian hip hop world. Right. It was like Oklahoma didn't have 
well, they had secular artists, mm-hmm. but it seemed like to us that the Christian hip hop scene was bigger than the secular scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was bigger than the secular scene because Cadence and he doing beats, and you got uh Cameron, you got all these dudes doing, and Dre Murray, he's from Houston now. Yeah, you know, yeah, but we, still, just, we just loaned him to y'all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we just loaned him to y'all, but he's yeah. still out there, you know, he's doing his thing. That's my boy, you right. know what I'm saying? So, man, I want to thank you again, right on. Thank you for everything you're doing for the kingdom or with the kingdom. Let me say with the kingdom. And uh, I want to always say this at the end of my, my things. Don't let your tomorrow, don't let your yesterday kill your tomorrow. You know, everybody that's listening to my voice, don't let your yesterday kill your tomorrow. Shout out to my man Trinity Trey. Follow him on Instagram, man. Shout out to Instagram, man. And yeah. your Facebook and all that stuff. You can find me at Trinity Trey, or you can go to Blessed to See Another Day. You know. Oh, blessed to see another day. Man, thankful for him. You know what I mean? So <laughs> bless you. you, man. Thank you so much. Hey, now I do say this. I need you to stay on a little while while it while I in the thing while okay. I end it. Just stay on. I love you, man. Love you too. Peace and blessings. That was my man Trinity Trey, man. And so you know it's a blessing to have him on the show. Uh, you know, we connected, like he said, back in uh a few years ago, uh before the pandemic. So the thing about it is you know, these relationships, you know, we have to hone them, especially the relationships with the cats that are of Jesus Christ. The cats that are out here that's doing it for Christ, you know, are doing it on the side of Christ. You know what I'm saying? Or, or like, uh, you know, on the move, you know, like I told you in the last podcast, this is not the year. For emotion is to the year for motion. We in motion, right? He has a 5013C. Man, I still got my man name up on that, Randolph Butler. <laughs> I laugh at that. But Trinity Trey, follow him on Instagram, man. Trinity Trey. Now look him up on Google and YouTube and all that stuff, man. He's doing wonderful things for the kingdom, man. And so one thing I got to say, do not let your yesterday kill your tomorrow. Peace. I love y'all.